Hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of the Mental Threads Podcast. I am here with my host, if he'd like to... Did I say host? I meant guest. I'm here with my dang guest. I'm already messing up. I'm here with my guest, if he'd like to state his name. Uh, my name's Jason Johnson. Yes, Jason Johnson. We met at North Carolina Central University. It was at that meeting with the 100 black men type stuff. Oh, yeah, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it was that long ago. I was like, I think I was like, was I was I like a sophomore? I think at that time, I, I was at McLean, like beginning building. Yeah. You were a junior, I think. Maybe I don't remember. I think I was in the middle, like because it was like you know two semesters, one semester you're like one thing, and the next semester you're another. Because that's what transfer students had to deal with. Like I, when I came in, I was a freshman. Then by the next semester, I was a sophomore. And then like you know next year, I started sophomore. Then after that, you know I turned junior. You know stuff like that. So it's yeah. like it was pretty much just like that and everything and like. When you first came to North Carolina Central University, what, what kind of hopes did you have for the for the for the uh, school? I almost said city. It kind of feels like a city. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just wanted like new experiences, you know, just like try to see like if there's like a different me that can you know be like lived through, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I just wanted to, you know, see what I'm capable of and see what a university could actually do for me. Yeah, man, I could feel that, man. I could feel that a whole lot, you know, and it's just like, so it's like you were in New Res for all throughout your time at NCCU, correct? Yeah, I was in New Res. Yeah, it was crazy in New Res. <laughs> yeah, you were lucky. You got the newer type of buildings and everything. Heck, I started at Baines Hall, then I went to McLean, and then they put me back in Baines Hall for, uh, um, uh, what was that new place called? Uh, damn, uh, yeah, George Street. George Street. You know, I don't know. You heard about the new dormitory, George Street? You've been gone that long, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know about George Street. I think they were still building it when I was there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it was built, and they had me staying in there throughout the whole time and everything. And it was just like for like a for my life, for two semesters, and then they put me back in Baines Hall again, which really I didn't mind. I didn't mind Baines Hall because like the last time they put me in, because every time they put me in Baines Hall after uh, McLean, it was all by myself most of the time. So it's just oh, yeah, like, that's dope. yeah, so it's just, I had the room all to myself. Type. Bro, that's so dope because when it, I was um, when I was in New Res, like it was just it was crazy. It was just like a thousand people constantly in and out. Like, oh my God, man. Like, we had our door open because, like, I remember one time the AC was broke. Mm. So we had our door open. Everyone's just coming in and out. I'm sitting there making beats, rapping on my, like, <laughs> on my computer. People coming in, like, well, that's heat, bro. Like, it's just like, uh, what, what's going on? <laughs> that, was, that was literally what HBCUs were like. Everybody was just a big family in a sense. Like, we were just all on college. So it's just everybody kind of just knew each other in a sense. So it's just like, even when you didn't know each other, you knew each other. That's why I can't wait to come back for homecoming. And everything kind of touched base. I I went by there like a couple of days ago just to pick up some documents. Um, but it was just like, yeah, it was just it was all good vibes type thing. And that reminds me, I need to talk to mom about that dang document because like we, we we needed that for some stuff. Anyway, it's just like so we on other experiences. What other experience do you enjoy about NCCU? Uh, I'll probably say you were talking about community, but I like I enjoy the parties. I'm not gonna sit there and lie to you. I did enjoy the parties, <laughs> but, but NCCU is a party culture. It, it really is, especially if you like trying to like join like all those clubs, like the hundred black men think we were yeah. part of. Like I tried to join it, but I was just like you know after that I was like man, it's just I like, couldn't keep up with it. I just said eh, I'm cool with it and everything, but it was still pretty alright. Yeah, it was kind of weird. They wanted us to like you know like um. They want us to, like, volunteer and stuff. But when you're in college and you're already, like, you're starving <laughs> and you also have, like, all your classes and a lot of people have, like, extra job. Like, it's just a lot. So, like, adding volunteering on top of that, like, 100 hours they wanted. Yeah, I don't know how I got my – actually, I kind of know how I did because, you know, like – because, you know, the Men's Achievement Center, right? Yeah. yeah this is why – that's why I mess with, with Dr. He because he hooked me up with, like, a couple extra community service hours. I'm always in there. So, it's, like, it's, like, community service just being there. So, he just added it up and then, boom, I was able to graduate. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would have <laughs> been able to do that. I just, I just don't like doing stuff like that. I just, I, ra- I rather just make music or like work or like do something else. <laughs> I, I couldn't do like all the volunteering stuff. 
Yeah, I, I I had to try to make it like as best I can, but it really gets you out there, and so I have to make you, and it kind of makes you kind of appreciate the whole college experience as a whole because it's not just going to parties and stuff. You actually got to do work, you know, some kind of work, and that's why I kind of like it made me really fall in love with going to school. Like again, that's why my next couple projects are going to be like kind of education based, like have an education theme to them and everything. Cause I feel like I kind of like kind of rediscover myself in that college sphere and everything. Hopefully, I can be able to relocate to DC and I can be able to like uh go to howard university that's the next step like so i can go to grad school maybe get my master's and then maybe somewhere down the line get my doctorate and stuff of that nature but it's all a process for real i for right now i gotta be in charlotte a little bit longer than i have to and everything yeah because you know my license suspended you know that oh no i didn't know how that happened because like i was driving from campus i think this was like this was back in march of last year this is like probably when i was at mclean i think was it i don't know it was just like i was driving back um in march for my mom's birthday and like i, I accidentally i was doing 90 and a 60 because sometimes like my car would accelerate really fast and i would oh. get to slow down yeah and it's just, i'd be so even when i was about to slow down and everything and it's just like the the car was like you know we right behind me it's like okay no big deal it's just like they just it was like my first actual speeding ticket so i thought like okay it's not a big deal and then next thing you know, like once like my court day actually show up in October, I literally pay these lawyers to show <laughs> to do this thing. And then it's like, you know, they still pled guilty and they spent my license for a year from October. So oh, that's ass, man. Yeah. The thing is, because I just got my car, mm-hmm. so I'm sitting there like I'm I'm still like in the stage where I'm just like yeah, it doesn't feel like it's my car yet. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, like, God, like, I was sitting there going, like, 30. I was going, like, 30, like, um, coming into, like, my parking lot. Mm-hmm. And then this guy just swerved around, like, at 60 miles per hour, swerved around me into the other lane. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, like, I was just like, oh, my God. Like <laughs> Driving can be dangerous, though. And it can be. That's why, like, take it from me because you just got your car. What kind of car are you got right now? I got a Ford Focus. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I wanted a four focus growing up as a kid. Um, I'm trying to see if I can get, like, I wanted to get a Mercedes Benz. I thought I'd be making a hell of bread this year, but it's like, you know, maybe I could still get it in the fall. I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe getting a Lexus, possibly. Like, Lexus looks pretty good. I fuck with how Lexus look. Yeah, Lexus would be pretty good for you. You you look good in Lexus, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like you know like yeah, but it's just I'm, I don't know what color. I'm thinking maybe I can get like a darkish brown. Like I don't know something about dark brown ca- cars seem to like catch my eye for some reason. Yeah, see, the know. thing is, I got a I got like a jet black uh, a Ford Focus. Yeah, so like yeah, that, your your car's about to be hot as hell in the summertime. Oh, it's already like, hot as hell. <laughs> like uh, just getting into it to like come back home, it was just like oh god, it's like burning. They need to do something about that. They need to do something about the material of cars. Some way they can be able to like you know reflect all that sun energy, so it could be like more cool. But the thing is, they already have like electric cars, right? Mm-hmm. Like. And and since they can like actually have electric cars, they should be able to fix like the heating system. Like, <laughs> like the cooling system should be able to be like fixed, right? I mean, who knows, man? I don't build cars, man. I just drive them. <laughs> that's, literally, <laughs> that's literally my whole my whole stick with cars, yeah. But in the whole NCCU experience, so I know you like to go to like parties. I know I used to drop you off at a lot of those parties and everything. Yeah. What was your so like? What was your favorite favorite part about like being at these parties, basically? It was the community, cause like I when I from my high school, it was a mostly like white high school, Dang. and it was just like most of my friends were like skater boys, and it was just more of that like you know like you're the nerdy uh, nerdy black kid, you feel like left out, you feel like excluded mm-hmm. or whatever. But it was just like when when I went to NCCU, it finally felt like I was included. If I if I could say that, like you if, belong type, you know, like, yeah. yeah, like I felt like. I can actually have fun and be myself and it not feel like, you know, like it did not feel weird. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you didn't stick out basically. Like people were just kind of watching you trying to pick out everything you're doing type yeah, stuff. Like, like, I remember like, I remember middle school, they had a little miniature prom or dance and everything. They'd be doing that. And that was back when they were doing like the do the jerk, do the jerk. Hey, yo, t- you can do the jerk. Right. And I'm just like, um, uh, I'm, I, I can never do the jerk. I don't know. I, I stanky leg was, I could do stanky leg like hell, but Everything else is kind of hard. Like, like what we're doing jumps and skipping at the same time backwards. That's no, I can't do that. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that coordinated, man. That's just that'd be a trip to the paramedics. Um, but anyway, I so it's like beyond like the whole party culture. What are some things that you value? You feel like you made a whole lot of friends at NCCU before you bounced? 
Uh, I don't even say that I made a whole lot of friends. I made some good friends like you. Yeah. I met like my friend Mark. I met a whole bunch of people, especially like artists in NCCU, because it's college and it's a bunch and it's a bunch of like students together. So you're gonna meet some dope artists when you're there. No, seriously, I have a whole network of artists I met just from NCCU alone and everything. And I try to put them on my list. So it's like you know, if I do make it big and everything, I want to definitely keep in contact with everybody. You know, I don't know who which one of us is gonna blow up, blow up first. I do know a guy from college. I know a guy that kind of blew up. If you know about a uh, Jaw SLT. I think if you look through my story and everything, I start playing one of his songs and everything. Uh, Cause I interviewed one guy, but then Pat, um, he was like, he goes by Sleepwalking SLT. I interviewed him the uh, just yesterday. I uploaded his episode and everything. Cause I'm really trying to be on this stuff. Since they got my my limited driving privileges uh, last week, I'm just on it. Cause I'm trying to reach that hundred mark, you know, this year. So it's like you know, it's it's a, it's a lot. So that's eleven episodes I got to do every month from now on for the rest of the year, plus maybe another one. Um, so it's, I, I feel like it's still possible, you know, it's just like, you know, I feel like I might go over a hundred, maybe even reach 200 by accident because like the way how it's like, things are going pretty fast. Like I've, I've already done like so many, um, I'm getting close to seven, I think this week, seven uh, this week. Hold on. Okay. No. Cause I first, it was a uh, first day it was Steven and then it was, uh, Brittany, then, uh, no, it was Steven, Will, Fortney, uh, Brittany, um, Pat, and then um, earlier today it was Marcus. I thought that's a hold on. I'm, I'm losing my count. My God. <laughs> okay, all right. So it's like Stephen one, Will two, uh, Brittany three, uh, Pat. That's four. Um, then Marcus is five. And then Jarvey earlier today. Um, that's six. And then you're number seven. You're lucky number seven. Oh, so it's yeah. like so that's five. so I can get like four more interviews in. That'll be like good for like this month but i'll probably see if i can add more interviews in just so i can be able to like you know keep up you know what i'm saying so i don't have to, so even if there's something that comes up and everything and i get kind of felt help behind i was like okay i went over the status quo it's just good to have like goals you know what i'm saying yeah, things that you want to do and uh i just gotta i just gotta uh, i think i got a job uh opportunity set up um tomorrow i gotta show up it's gonna be near the airport you're pretty close to the airport right yeah, yeah, I used to work in the airport. Yeah, yeah. So like, this is gonna be like some kind of marketing company. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to get a job, <laughs> really, because I was supposed to be in DC. There's a job I was supposed to work called Golden Millennial and everything, and I was gonna be making like a hundred, like six figures in like six to eight months. So it's just like you know, I was gonna be making bread, you know. Plus, like my dad was hooking up, hooking me up with like an apartment that was gonna be like fifteen hundred dollars, which is pretty cheap in that area, you oh, know. You're in so, DC? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to, I'm, I was born in DC. It's just so expensive. There. Yeah. <laughs> no, I bet that's one of the main things I'm gonna miss. So it's like you know, but I wanted to. I feel like I just wanted to go. It's just kind of calling my name because I want to go to Howard. And I want to get my degrees, and then maybe after when I get those two degrees, I can come back to North Carolina. I don't know if I'm gonna live in Charlotte because I'm just I'm over Charlotte. Um, I'd rather just maybe I could probably go in Raleigh. You know, Raleigh is getting. I think it's like one of the number one places to live in America right now. Is Raleigh? Really? Yeah, Raleigh? it was ranked number one in all of America. Oh my God, Raleigh! I it, I really never even thought about Raleigh like that. I just thought when because when I think of North Carolina, I think of like Charlotte, and then you have like the Outer Banks because of like the Netflix series or whatever. But I just think about Charlotte. Like I just think of oh yeah, North Carolina, Charlotte. I never think about Raleigh. I don't think about Raleigh. I feel like that's gonna change soon, man. It's just like you know, I would actually live in Raleigh because it's like it's in that triangle like like state, and so it's pretty close to colleges and everything, you know. So when you're pretty close to colleges, it's like you know, it's just like I feel like there's more depth into the education system. So if I wanted to start a family and everything, I'd rather have them like raise them in like Raleigh type area. You know what I'm saying? But even on that, it's like Washington D.C. has a very deep uh, Liberian community out there too. So it's like, yeah, a lot of Liberians live in like D.C. in the D.M.V. area. All those kind of spread out. Like I, I even spoke to this one girl. It's like, hey, yo, what's the Liberian community looking like out there in D.C.? It's like, oh yeah, it's pretty deep. You know, you should you should definitely come out here. And I'm like, oh wow, you know, like you know, I'm just thinking about it because I want to be more closer to my people. I was like, in Charlotte, we're just kind of there's too much drama in the Liberian community here. You know what I'm saying? Oh really? What yeah. is Charlotte? Like, there's so much drama in Charlotte. It's ridiculous. Because <laughs> it's like we're in the South. So it's like, you know, people act like they know each other when they really don't know each other. So it's the people go overstep boundaries a whole lot, you know? It's it's weird because, like, a lot of people that do live in Charlotte are from the North. So it's just, it's a clashing of, like, two different cultures. Mm-hmm. 
And it's just like southern southern people were very like we're very like we're very open and we're very just like oh like you know, my fellow neighbor or whatever. And northerners are also just like don't talk to me like <laughs> like don't talk like more of just like it's just like this outwardly um just like disdain for like not 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 like other people in a sense, but also like, like yeah, let's, let's get out of my business. I yeah, it's just like more like mind your business. That especially is from my parents that are from New York. That's how I was raised. It's more like mind my bit, mind your business. Keep keep on your own like path and do what you want. Yeah. But like down here in like the South, like it's completely. It's a lot slower. It's a lot more laid back. And those cultures clashing, it just like brews like drama. I feel like there's toxicity on both ends when you think about it. Because on the New York ends, it's like yeah, you know, you don't want people to be all up in your business and everything you know yeah. like, i don't know you like that like don't get up in my business <laughs> like that you know know your boundaries basically that's what with new yorker but at the same token with the southerners and everything uh it's like it can be but i understand what like new yorkers like they can be kind of toxic to and think like maybe some of them are kind of head-ass like, oh, they, there's always people that come from new york i like they ran new york like you two people ran new york all of new york <laughs> Well, all the people that live in New York, you're the two people that ran it. What does it mean to run a whole city? I would never leave Charlotte be like, you know what? I'm from Charlotte. I used to run that city. Like, why? Like, and then they well, call up people. Then they walk. And then they call people and Charlotte. You know anybody from the name of Toasty? It's like, who's that? It's just like, it's just lame. Like, just say you had fun and you liked it there. Don't say it's just like, oh, you ran it. Like, yeah, we I- can say that we ran, like, Central. But that is what's just not the truth. We were people that were there. But you're not you're not running like um even even like even like some people that are like at the top top they can't say that they run the city. If yeah. you're like someone like Ti Ti can say that he runs Atlanta because he owns like half of Atlanta because it's Ti. But like if you're not like someone up to that caliber, can we say that you're running because you're not running anything? Would you say Ti owns half Atlanta? Because like with all the artists in Atlanta, like Young Thug, Gucci Man, like about like property, property. Okay, yeah, with, I, I can say that. Yeah, yeah with property, Ti is Ti is like buying like a lot of Atlanta, and it's just like it makes sense, and that's why people can say that's why people say it's like Ti is like the Jay Z of the South, because. Mm-hmm. He he's running stuff like Jay Z or in his own lane completely, and he's doing it well. But this, that's when you say when some when someone's running something or running like a whole like state or a whole like section of like a section of place or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like Ti is doing it, Jay Z is doing it, people like that. But like unless you're doing it like that, then you can't really say that you're running it. Oh yeah, no, I can feel that heavily and everything. And I know you're like born in like Washington D.C. and everything. Did you grow up there? Or did you just you just born like as a baby and you just left? Basically, uh, I was born there. I was born there uh, as a baby and I left when I was like three, four. Damn, I was just about to ask you. So what's D.C. like? <laughs> I'm like I can't remember shit. <laughs> like, damn, there ain't nothing wrong with that, man. But it's like, where, what was the land that you actually grew up at? Actually, where you felt like you grew up? Uh, I grew up in this place in Charlotte called Gur Heights. Oh, Gur Heights. That's yeah. where you pretty much spent most of your t- your livelihood over there. Yeah, I grew, I grew up in Great Heights. It's um, it's uh, it's it's, it's alright. Like, <laughs> how you how you live in Greer Heights, but you still like end up going to like predominantly white schools. I'm like, no. that's the ghetto. Ain't nothing wrong with it though. Like, I kind of I fuck with Greer Heights. But still. Yeah, it it is the ghetto for sure. But like, it's more of just like gentrification, <laughs> yeah, gentrification. and like zoning in in school. Like, it's just like. Like they would just like move the zones for like specific schools because they would just be like, oh yeah, we need more black kids to go go to this for like uh, like predominantly like white school to make right? it like more even. Yeah, I guess. they wanted to be like more like cultured or urban or whatever they mean by that, right? So they were just like, oh yeah, like let's get a bunch of like zones in the hood and let's take those out and oh yeah, let's bring them to our school. And obviously, this is going to be great. Nothing wrong is going to happen. They're going to get a great education. That's what they say. Yeah, <laughs> my mom tried to send me to predominantly white schools because she thought like I was going to get a better education it was hell i hated it <laughs> because it's just like i don't know man it's just like it's not like oh against white kids type thing it's just like it's just the dichotomies with that that's why i mess with the hbcu because you really just mess with whoever you want to mess with you never it's like people in like in these predominantly white school my mom maybe they're all so weird like y'all would just stand down and just talk about somebody or like try to like always talk about someone and they're not even in your class no more it's like there be there used to be people that i like used to talk shit about me and it's like bro we haven't had a class in like two years like whatever the problem is go to counseling you need medication now because like bro why would you let people just like be in your head that long and i wasn't even like a shitty person i just wanted to like have fun and like laugh and then that would just bother people for some yeah, reason well, like especially like uh especially like at schools where it's predominantly like white people if when you're the black kid 
they all they have this like automatic like assumption that you're like the token black guy, you're the token black girl that you're gonna just like like live all the black tropes for them and they get to live throughout you, right? Mm. But once you once you stop being that or once you stray away from that or once you stop being friends with them, then that brings up oh yeah, like that racism that they sort of consider like forgot about or whatever, mm-hmm. right? That's when it comes out. Yeah, man, I can see that, man. I know, like, a lot of them are kind of, like, possessive over, like, you know, certain things. that you do. I don't even know what's there. There's a sense of possession and tends to just wear your places in society, basically. And then they just, like, every time they try to, like, you know, try to exercise that, uh, that possessiveness over, over that, uh, where their place is and status wise or where your place is until they try to do, like, the more, uh, how can I say, um, more, uh, cowardly, like, tactics, maybe trying to start rumors or trying to, like, put you down or trying to like do stuff like that and i was really like the victim of stuff like that for a while and everything my healing didn't start until i went into an hbcu and i'm I'm gonna tell it to you that's why i'm like i love being that school like i love learning and actually meeting people and like doing stuff like the podcast because it's like it's just like it's like once you're once you're once you're young and everything you want to just live your life and just be happy and laugh and that's just what i represent and everything and for a while i feel like i strayed away from that ideology for a while you know so but it's just like you know it's just it's just one of those things that keeps me going like you know you can live and stuff of that nature so like what are some things that kind of what's your why in terms of like what and you know, pushing into like the whole music situation because you know we've been talking about all the school stuff and social stuff but let's get back on the music thing what's your why for uh going to the whole music thing um for me music was uh, music started out as just like it was just it was a fascination, right? Because mm-hmm. my mom, she mostly mostly listened to like hard rock. Like she would listen to Journey. She would listen to like Air Supply. Just like these like seventies and eighties bands. Mm-hmm. And I never knew. I never listened to rap until I until like I listened to Lil Wayne. And then all of a sudden I was just like, oh, this is this is the dopest thing ever. <laughs> Uh, so it's just like, once you figure out that outlet and once you're just like, oh yeah, like there's this whole community of people that look like me and they're making like dope music. And once I found that outlet and once I found like, oh, I feel comfortable here and this is, I felt like where I belonged. I felt like this is a place that I want to be in for the rest of my life. Oh man, yeah, I can feel that and everything. Like, you know, when it comes to hip hop music, especially, you know, cause as a kid, I always thought it was like hip hop music was like a party thing. Like, it was just something that they played at parties and stuff, or like, well, they played like the music videos. Cause it was like early 2000s. So all you could see was like ludicrous videos with uh, the big ass. I was like, give back. You don't know me like that. Or you see Missy Elliott doing her thing with the whole like, ta 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 ta. Like, I thought it was just like goofy, like change, like kind of stuff like that. I thought it was pretty cool and everything, but it was one of the things that kind of brought family together. And I that's one thing I noticed about hip hop and everything, but it really didn't become a part of my life um, until like middle school, actually, where I had this MP3 player and everything. And the only CD I had was like uh, Tupac City, and it was like Greatest Hits, and it was like the second oh, disc. Yeah. And that was all the songs I would listen to it was like, you know, stuff like Changes, Brenda's Got a Baby, Troublesome, oh. and uh, To Live and Die in LA, and stuff like that. And it was like, it was the second half of this. I didn't even listen to the other half because I only had one CD, you know. I don't know how, what was my mom doing with that CD. She was a Biggie fan. I don't know how she got that CD, but she got it. So, like, I burnt the, those songs. They were in good condition right into the MP3. Like, I didn't know how to burn any other songs off the internet. So, that's all I was listening to on the bus and everything. And, like, you know, like, I was getting connected with, like, stuff like Lil Wayne and Drake and stuff at the time. You know, Nicki oh, yeah. Minaj, that was what was in the, yeah, the whole mainstream. Young Money crew right there, man. Yeah, yeah, the whole Young Money crew. But it was just, like, then I started writing, like, in eighth, uh, was it eighth grade? Yeah, it was eighth grade and everything. Because seventh grade, I was just kind of freestyling just, for, like, for fun. Like, I thought it was, like, a joke and everything at first. Like, it was just, I would say some stupid shit. Like, like hey, hey, my name is T. No, I, how did I say it? it was just, like, no, no. It was, like, one, A, B, C. One, two, three. My name is Tony, but you can call me T. My dick don't sting when I have to pee. And I would just say, like, stupid shit like that. And it was, like, dumb. But it was, like, everybody was, like, oh, that's fire. It's, like, it wasn't even. It was just dumb. It was the, but then I started writing, and then, like, just for jokes now, because like, it was, like, a class clown type thing. And then next thing you know, the following year, I started taking it more seriously, because, like, for career class, they asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I only had two options, because I didn't know what I wanted to be. It was, like, either a rapper or a re- professional wrestler. And I thought professional wrestler get laughed at, so I said, oh, I'll be a rapper. And I was like, oh, yeah, we'll just go up there and rap. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> 
And it's just like, so, but, so every time I would just kind of write into my rap book and I would just perform in front of the class and that's what I would do all the time. And I was getting better and better little by little, but I was also, uh, during that time, like I was also kind of getting bullied in a way, but not like physically. It was always like on like rumors type thing or people calling me names type stuff. And that was my way to vent out. So it just became a part of my life going forward. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Music is, is such like, it's just such a great outlet. Like when it come when it comes to music, it's, it's it's something that's just always there. It doesn't matter like what you're going through. Like when I was being like bullied, or when I was going through breakups, or when I was even even in this, like the worst times of my life. Like you go, you like your outlets. You sit there and look around you. Like what can I go to? Who can I vent to? And sometimes you don't have anybody. Sometimes you're just alone. But the thing is. You have music. <laughs> so it's just like, it's this feeling of you feel alone, but there's always something there that can either like brighten your day or make you feel better or you can like vent to. Yeah, man. And that's why Tupac and Big were such like a crazy, crazy how two of the best like rappers back then were like two of my main influences of what got me into like immersing the rap and everything. Cause I saw rappers as just rappers until you meet stuff like Tupac and Biggie. Tupac showed me that it's like rap could be more than just about songs about partying or anything. It could actually be more, it could actually touch the soul. It could actually like actually make a point. You can actually touch minds to get your viewpoints out through a uh, rap. And Biggie kind of taught me that it was just like, cause I was kind of overweight and I was dark skinned as a kid. So it's like to kind of see somebody like Biggie Smalls just kind of get up and just be himself and not only just be like a sex symbol kind of, but in a sense, like he was just very, con- uh, he was very uh, confident in himself and charismatic. And like that's kind of what I want to be. I want to be someone that's just like yeah hey you're gonna love me you, no matter what i look like you know and i always was kind of like i won't say insecure but i always say it's just i always felt like out of place like maybe i wasn't like good enough or maybe i'm just too overweight or i'm too this or i'm too that you know so it's just like biggie kind of helped kind of spark that in me as a whole too that i you know this is something i could really make into my life if i work hard also so it's just like you know that's their importance and then next thing you know it's just me discovering Wu-Tang and then this and then the Tribe Called Quest and like Rakim, and it's like all of a sudden now you're back in the 80s <laughs> look at LL Cool J and Run DMC and it was just crazy that's why I love so much about hip hop it always leads to like another thing getting deeper and deeper into a genre and then next thing you know it's MF Doom Pro Era J. Cole Kendrick Lamar it's like you get it's like it just becomes so part and then when you put your brother on you know that's how me and my brother are both listening to it so we're both kind of like Kind of engulfing and engulfing into this like with each other basically. I'm putting him on to songs. Some once in a while he might put me onto a song, and you know it's it's because of stuff like that. It got him connected with his girlfriend, and they've been together for like six years because they were connected over this type of music that they liked, and it was like music that I put my brother on. So it's just like in a sense, you know, it's just stuff like that. So you know, you kind of see how it kind of touches other people's lives yeah. in a sense. Music like it always leads to something, man. It's just like. It's such like a broad like spectrum of different types of styles, especially in hip hop. And since the history, like like there's so much like history in hip hop, and it's only been around for what, like forty years. Yeah, um, not even that long, man. I mean, forty years old—that's not too old when you really think about it. I heck, my great grandmother's alive, and she's like ninety. So my great grandmother's like twice as old as hip hop. <laughs> when you think about it, so it's just like, but it's just like the roots. There's also African roots too, in a sense, because like you know, like the beats happen on the drums and the patrol, like Jamaicans and everything. How they like be speaking fast rhythm thing, and then they kind of brought it to like you know new york and the next thing you know it just took the world by storm so it's just like it's just stuff like that and it's like such it's like it's such a crazy clash of african type you know drums and everything and in the english language literally giving birth to something that literally dominates a whole music you know industry and it's just crazy how how much it actually dominates like it, it it's becomes uh, so like just everywhere that it's it's the new pop music now and they and people when they first heard it in like the 80s they when they first heard like hello cool j or run dmc or something like that they were not expecting oh yeah this is going to be like A beating yeah like beating like uh, like out uh, like outselling like celine dion like they were not expecting that at all but now it is not little baby, not little babies outselling Adele. Like you never thought that was gonna happen, but it is. I mean, yeah, I actually I, I saw a little baby live at Dreamville Fest and oh, everything. Really? I was low key kind of mad because he didn't do the song like Wants and Needs like he did oh, with Dream. Really? He didn't do the verse from that. I was oh. mainly waiting for that because that was just my favorite little baby verse. I, I was ready. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then he didn't do it. I'm like, damn, I memorized that for nothing. Oh. 
Yeah. Uh, so, 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 but yeah, Dreamville Fest was pretty cool. You should go to Dreamville Fest one day. Yeah. How, is it like every year or? Yeah, they're going to probably do it every year from now because like COVID hit. So it couldn't be every year. So it was like when they first did it, it was like 2019 and then like years off and then uh, 2022. Dang. 2019 to 2022. That's a minute, but it went away so fast with COVID. I'm like, man, I need to. I need to work harder, man. <laughs> like really, <laughs> because I was because it's like, dang, I, I don't know, man. I feel like maybe I should have blew up on that night. Nah, nah, it's not that. Nah, you silly. can't rush those things, man. I, I wish, I, I, I wish that uh, it like this, like a lot of the culture for like, especially in like hip hop, it's like you want to like, you want to blow up, you want to sit there, and you want you want to get to that stage, but it's just like the journey get and the journey leading to that stage right that's the that's the stuff that's going to that's you're going to remember when you when you actually have made it right mm-hmm. like those times when you were in the basement in your mama's basement saying that making beats <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. It's just like, you know, I still got to go. I mean, I'm trying to see if I can drop 50 songs this year, you know. Once I get on this job, man, it's the studio every weekend. I do not give a damn. <laughs> I'm going to be in that studio. Bro, I've been trying. I've been going to the studio, what, like every other week. Like, it's just like you got to have that consistency. Yeah. And but yeah, but once you get once you get to that stage of actually like blowing up, you're going to sit there back there and sit back and think like, yeah, like. Those times when I was going to the studio every weekend, when I was grinding it out, like those were those were some good times, man. Yeah, and Go, then you, yeah. you feel like maybe like later on it's not gonna be so very good times, which is, I'm not trying to say it's gonna be so many good times, but I feel like a lot of this stuff is just God preparing you. You know, sometimes maybe it's just God just preparing me. That's why I try to remind myself when I'm going through struggles and everything that once I reach that stage, I'll already be numb to it to the point. So it's just like okay, well, on to the next thing type, yeah. you know. And it's just like my brother be doing music too, and like my but he don't be like making his own mixtape he just be like jumping on music videos I'm, I'm gonna show you his music videos in a little bit like you'll be like damn the y'all, y'all actually kind of look alike but it's just like he looks like a kind of slender version of me but it's just like you know it's just it's kind of crazy he, he's part of spf and everything i i interviewed one of his friends from middle school marcus like i said he does he's an spf and everything and it's like they're all pretty cool people i feel like you 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 would get along with my brother and like uh a lot of the people i hang around with because they do music too and everything crazy especially like people on like the hip-hop community we usually like vibe together because we all got the same mindset. If you got the same mindset to grow and the same mindset to make good music, then everything just clicks usually. Yeah, right? once you really get in contact with real artists and everything, because not the ones that pretend to be or try to be competing against you or try to talk shit about other people's stuff and everything. Oh, man. Like, like they're not really about hip hop; they're just about the attention. Oh man, like especially like in Charlotte, like I've dealt with so much bullshit. Like it's it's crazy. And it's just like um, when once you like realize like like what people are about and like who is actually going to be there for you, who's actually going to be you know are the ones that are actually about it. Mm-hmm. That's I feel like that's the key right there. Figuring out those people that you can surround yourself with that will be there will be there to actually actually help you through the process to making it big, and will be still be there when you actually do make it big. Yeah, dude, because you don't know, like, so many artists I've met, it's just crazy, because it's like, you know, I interviewed a lot of them on my podcast and everything, so that's why I love doing this whole podcast thing, because I feel like one day we're going to look back on this years from now, it's like, wow, we used to talk about, like, trying to make it, and now we actually made it, could you imagine? <laughs> like, this is, in a sense, like, uh, what you call it, like a time capsule, you know, where when you post it on the internet, because it'll always be on the internet for a while, so it's just, like, kind of stuff like that, you know? So it's just like, you know, I really uh, appreciate things like this, like, when you actually hop on and everything, take time of your did actually hop on you know the podcast and everything because literally this was just an idea at one point and then like you see the you you pretty much saw like how the logo looks and everything how you feel about yeah. the logo hey, i like the logo the logo's dope man yeah, <laughs> i man. like it man the house like literally like threads and everything like with the brain and everything i just kind of thought like once i can't wait to put that on a t-shirt and everything because i'm I, sell those t-shirts man, yeah i'm still waiting until i get some money man once i get some money then i could probably put a merch down uh merch line down and everything i'm thinking about maybe like i can probably put get some stickers on amazon so i could be able to like kind of put the stickers all around and everything whether if i got to ride around charlotte or if i just i don't know i don't know if that's graffitiing or whatever i have to be sure like maybe like people don't care 
But honestly, if I could just kind of get it, maybe go to a quick trip and everything, maybe put it on the side, maybe put it on the gas station. Everybody be at quick trip, especially if you go like seven, eight o'clock on a Friday. Everybody, their mom at quick trip. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I could put like some kind of thing to put a scan on so maybe people can scan it and then be able to like listen. Like, I feel like that would actually help get a lot more listeners. You know, like I'm a marketing student, so it's just like I know like how this stuff kind of works out. It's really just a matter of just getting the right traction without really getting caught up with the, oh yeah, that's graffiti. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I just want to be able to put as much content as possible. Uh, that's why I'm not really so focused on getting my, getting the about uh, Spotify views right now. Cause I'm more focused on trying to get the actual projects together and then I could probably re-release it on United Masters and everything, stuff of that nature. Yeah. Because like, because like a, a marketing is such a big part of music, but like once you actually get, like if the content isn't good, then it's, it's there's it's not going there's no longevity there. Yeah. The content has to be good because it's if you're someone like six nine like if you're if you're someone like six nine or if you're just like and it's just like your persona is what mostly is was that has you popping. It's just no pers- longevity. It's- there's no longevity. Persona can always it can only last for so long. Especially with Lil Pump too. Like Lil Pump was just <laughs> doing like just all types of fuck shit and everything. You know, and that, it's really sad how J Cole was actually right. About yeah, all that, you know? It's crazy, man, because J. Cole is just trying to, like, tell him, like, yeah, like, <laughs> but here's what you're doing wrong. Here's how you can fix it. Here's how you can have longevity in the game. And he was like, ah, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. I-, I know what I'm doing, apparently, and it didn't work out for him. I wish him, like, the best, but it's also just like, man, like, they literally told you what to do. And, and it was hard for him to take serious after that, you know, because now it's just, and everything you're doing is just, just to be, like, you know... Just to be like, put that figure that you're this, that you're this miscreant and everything and whatever, but that can only get so far because people get older. That's why J. Cole was fine because like J. Cole and Kendrick and even Drake, like they talk about life and also like, you know, Drake being on the more luxurious side of life and then J. Cole talking about like the more, um, the more day to day life type struggles and like, you know, um, Kendrick Lamar talking about just, you know, the systematic life of struggles. You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? It's just like there's always something to relate to with no matter what age. Like you can start from a teenager, adolescent, high school and then grow in up with the music. Yeah, like And then it's hard to grow with Lil Pump because there's no growing up with Lil Pump. Yeah, cuz if if your music's still stuck in the time, if it's so stuck in the time, like that's what happened with like people like Nelly and Nelly and certain a lot of like two thousands like rapper like there there was there wasn't that much longevity because the music was st- stuck in that time period it didn't go past because so like five years later people are, might listen to to it like at a party or whatever, but it's not there's no longevity to it and that's why that's why careers especially in that lane there's no longevity but like people like Jay Z. People like Nas, people like uh, Kendrick or Cole or Drake, like they have longevity because they were always connecting and they know how to connect with their audience. They know how to be relatable. Yeah. Also, it's just like they know, like even with the Nas, obviously Nas is like really like a rapper's rapper. Like I feel like he's elevated to being a rapper's rapper now. Or it's just like he's not about getting the awards, not about being like Jay Z successful or whatever. It's just about putting out good ass content. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like you know, I'm for King's Disease. I'm so happy he finally got a Grammy for <laughs> something because it's like dude has been good for like how long? Like years. Straight twenty since Illmatic. And Illmatic is like that always that placeholder for like your first album like that but that's definitely the album to check out if you want to put out a project for the first time and everything so it's just like you know Nas was definitely somebody i studied in high school for sure and everything i was like addicted to some of the illmatic stillmatic stuff and everything i used to have this stuff and repeat and everything I'm like oh fuck <laughs> but then it's just like what what artists in a sense kind of like influence your style or what, what, what really drives you and whatnot um probably ch- probably chance is a big influence of mine um, it's more like it's it's a lot of chance. It's a lot of childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of Andre three thousand, Outkast in general, like Big Boy and them. It's a, it's a lot of that because I have a lot from like the more nerdy side of things mm-hmm. and the more conscious side of things. Cause I've always been like a very sensitive, emotional person. Mm-hmm. So don't don't shake your head. Like. No, no, I'm just I'm just agreeing. I'm like, yeah, 
I'm trying to shake my head. I was just like, yeah, I can feel it. Because I'm emotional, too. It's just like it kind of comes with that. Like, like Jay, like the whole like Childish Gambino's for sure. Like, I I feel how you, how you feel you relate to Childish Gambino because, like, you know, he's one of my influences also. Because he does so many other things. Like, he, he'll be, like, doing stand-up comedy, com- comedy. He'll be acting and all types of stuff. And he still makes good music projects and everything. And he's, like, really dope, too. So it's just like, yeah. Yeah, when it comes to like Childish Gambino, I relate to him so much because like as a creative, my my mind is always like everywhere. Like I want I want to sit there and I want to do this event mm-hmm. and I want to host this and then one day I want to rap and then one day I'm just like, oh, should I write a book or should I make a comic book? Like my mind's all over the place, but he's he shows that he he can do all those things. His mind can be all over the place, but he does every single one of those and he does them well. Yeah, he's a true renaissance man. When you really think about it, it's just like that's that's something I aspire to be. But it's just like you know, like you just can't help but do multiple things. Like yeah, I do music too, but I also do the podcast thing. Also, you know, this 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 would be like maybe I think is it the sixtieth episode? This might be the sixtieth or sixty oh, something. Yeah, I'm trying to get to 150 because once I get to 150, then that's why I kind of like okay, I can get this monetized. Like because then like maybe I can get it get it flooded in and everything. Then I can just relax for a little bit and then just like kind of like let it kind of be in the cycle a little bit. And then, like, maybe more people want to hop on, you know, as a guest and stuff. Like, yeah. Instead of me having to ask people to be guests on my stuff. So, it's like, you know. But it's a, it's a pretty good process. I thought it was going to be a struggle. But it's like, it seems like I might be, I might actually get it situated. Probably even before yeah, you're December. It's like, you're good at this, man. Like, it's this, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, you're open enough to yourself and you're open enough to other people so that you can actually sit there and have these conversations. Yeah, man. I mean, because I like conversing too, in a sense, and it gives me a chance to actually touch base with a lot of people. Like, you know, like like Will Forty, who I got had on yesterday. I ain't spoken to him in years, and we've been trying to link up forever. But it's like it's always some comic constraint. When you become an adult, man, there's always something. But it's like it's hard to really touch base. But it's just like you know. But you touch base with these people. We hit them up. Like even Jarvey, I knew him from high school. Touch base with him and everything. Pat, like sleepwalking SLT. We've been seeing each other on, on social media for a long while. Uh, he was on the second floor of Bane's Hall when I was there in 2018. So, like, you know, like, so it's like basically our thing is our monikers were big Banes, you know. <laughs> you know, that's like everyone that was in Bane's Hall, like, in 2018 were big Banes. So it's just like that's kind of like our, our big circle thing. It kind of started by, like, Glow and everything um, and whatnot and Farm Boy. So it's just like, you know, it's just like, so every time we come to Homecoming, we have to link up and say, hey, big Banes. <laughs> Cause it was such a crazy, cause it was just a big like ghetto ass like uh, like dormitory, but which is oh, we all Banks loved was, it. Banks was so ghetto. <laughs> I loved it though. I don't know why. I just do. Like it's just like I hated how the shower situation was set oh, up. Oh my god, I had to stay there for orientation. The showers. Uh, I, I looked at it. It was just like it was just like rice in the like in the grain. Yeah, like, I was just like, oh my god! We're just like literally. That was a whole struggle, but you kind of got used to it after a while because it was just like you know it was no big deal and everything. But it was just like I, I did like having my own shower at uh, George Street though, and have my own bathroom. So I had to freaking like run down the hall like I'm crazy. Oh, oh god! Oh <laughs> my god! Like when I was lived in New Res, like when you just when you had to go to bed, it would be the bathroom. You had to go to the bathroom. You got to sit there and pass a bunch of people. You got to be like, oh yeah, sorry, man. You got to sit there have your robe on when you're coming out the shower. You got past like six football players after practice. Whatever. It's like, oh my god, I just want to go into my room. Like, yeah, it's just like, it'd be a lot, man. It's just like that's like one thing. I wish I went to Chidley. I feel like Chidley was like the uh, low key, the most low key, the best like dormitory, like or any day. I wish I would have probably wouldn't have been because they look comfortable as shit in them dormitories. Uh, you talking about the one that was like up on the hill uh chidley uh well andy day was the one right next to the library oh you know andy day but chidley was the one um yeah up the hill basically like near it was near you actually yeah yeah. oh my god i knew someone uh one of my friends he he lived in chidley but but we but he always just talk about all this crazy stuff that happened in Chile. But I was just like, bro, no one talks about Chile like that. Like, it's always bangs. It was always, like, something that some stupid happened in New Rays or, like, any day or whatever. Yeah. No one talk about Chile, but you know some stuff was happening up in Chile. I used to see it from my dog. Stuff was happening up in Chile. They had the finest. <laughs> I feel like they had the finest woman at Chile. I feel like they that was. Did. I feel like they did. I don't know why who was actually oh. doing that, but I feel like 
Shidley, you always the finest one with that Shidley. Oh my god, I'll be walking to like the dollar store, like family dollar, like a little bit. I'll be walking down there and you pass Shidley. You're just like, oh my god, it's just tens. It's like, what? Where am I going? It's like, like dang, it's like, gosh, you ain't got no extra rooms on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't I know. Just so jealous. I was just like, bro, like you live it, you live in that every day. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just part of life. You're trying to find somebody, she's like, hey, you trying to switch rooms real quick? <laughs> just give me your key, give me your key. Just check him over there. Yeah, let me, just, let me spend the night, whatever. I just, I'll be fine. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll sleep on that couch in that lobby, like, hey, yo, what's good, man? <laughs> oh, my God, the lobby, so many crazy things, like, like homecoming night mm. in the lobby. Oh, my God, this. It was crazy, bro. Like this, so many. I, I don't know if I was drunk. I might have been drunk or high. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have been under the influence of some substance. <laughs> it was something bad. I don't remember. Just take your guess. Take your guess, y'all. That's oh my god, man! It was crazy though. Homecoming, uh, NCCU homecoming. Like it's like, it's just something that you got to experience, man. That week is just a blur to me. I don't even remember what happened during that week. It'd be like that. Homecoming could come and go. I feel like I missed out my sophomore year because I couldn't get the tickets and everything. Plus, it was like I was in a, another stage with the whole condition I was at. So it was hard to really get out and get immersed and do a whole lot of things. You know, So it kind of held me back from really enjoying a lot of stuff on, at NCCU. But I still love being there, you know, because it's just like, you know, I feel like that was like, you know, that place. I really just wish I would have been at a school like NCCU like way throughout my life. Like, I swear, like after elementary school, if it was like that, bro good times every time but it's just like but it's just it'd be like that you know like i really cherish my time there and everything although it felt like it went by so fast because that's why i went i was 20 years old and i'm 24 and i'm graduated i'm like where did all the time go and everything but it's still a pretty good experience you know but um back on uh to what artists that influence you so it's like, i know you've spoken about like andre 3000 being an influencer i know like y'all pretty much sound alike you know i always say it all the time like <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's yeah. something cadence. I don't know what it is, but it's like, yeah. would you feel like Andre 3000 has a lot to do with that, too? Yeah, man. I've just listened to so much of his music, and I just respect him so much as, like, an artist and, like, a creative that it's just, it like, we happen just to have, the have like, the sort of, like, same, like, nasally voice, like, same, like, cadence, whatever. Um... Uh, I don't. I don't know if I, I'm not trying to like necessarily like copy anybody, but it just kind of happened to be that way, and I ended up rapping. And people was like, "Oh, you sound like Honor 3000. I'm just like, "Oh, that's thank uh, you." So, <laughs> I, so I'm not the only one. Then. <laughs> okay, good. No, multiple people I say I sound like like Honor 3000. I'm just like, "Are, are you listening, right? Like you saying I sound like the goat? Like <laughs> it'd be saying? like that. It'd be. He really is one of the goats. Although he really didn't have an album. It's kind of sad when you hear this. Like yeah, because it's like it's so late right now, and then he feels like he's gonna be like if he tried to make an album it would just like he's trying hard to kind of like be a part of the same you know but it's just like hey you know Uh, like andre 3000 trying hard is something that we all need right now (laughs) it's not a big deal but it's like i feel like he's done enough to be on to be still established as a goat regardless even if it's just in a group of outcasts and everything you know um i know it's like um i mean jay electronica dropped an album like some time ago and everything it was like hella late but it was like still pretty good album years ago it got produced by did it get produced by? I don't even remember. It was one of Jay Z's producers. My band DJ Premier. I mean, it was like one of those like big like old school producers that have been doing it for like twenty years. But yeah, like it doesn't like it doesn't even matter like how long it's been. Like Kendrick, you know, Kendrick's like releasing like what like next month. Yeah, and it's five years, and it's like, <laughs> bro, like when he last released an album, I was in community college, fucking up, and now like I'm like I'm out freaking graduated cum laude. I'm like, how could things change so much? We won't hear this nigga oh. for another five years, and I'll be like, oh, well, like freaking three kids and a like, mortgage. The thing is, like some people, some people say like, hey, like artists come like at the, at like certain points in your life like some people like if they're about if they're about like the whole shit like future 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 album dropping when i'm here in, in my demon time or whatever right but like if like when a kendrick album drops and you going through something that gonna change everything <laughs> dude uh, this is probably gonna be one of the greatest albums ever this is coming out next month right what was it called again i forget i don't i don't even remember it's let me i'm looking at this yeah up. definitely look it up if you want to uh kendrick He's looking up the, you know, let me let me just pause. Second, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I don't know what that means, but I'm very excited. <laughs> 
that's a weird follow-up but it's just like you know hey you know you don't really gotta i think consider consistency you know i remember it was section 80 then it was good kid mad city then it was like uh to pimp a butterfly then it was damn and now it's a uh, mr mr morales and mr the- morale and the big stuff yeah. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. So it's like, you know, literally no consistency yeah, with these no album names. It's just all. But either way, you gotta even this mixtape's like overly dedicated, kinda kinda looks like very dedicated. Like, okay. And then what was like um there was like the Kendrick Lamar E P or the Section eighty and then there was the Kendrick Lamar M P before they I don't know if it's his self titled I think it's yeah. You yeah. did the one with the notebook, he with the low cut and everything. I'm seeing it. Like, oh, uh, glasses on because like I can't uh, even see it. Uh, um, you have butterfly. Yeah, you had the Kendrick Lamar EP, and then C4, and then um, yeah, overly dedicated, dedicated section, 80. section eighty. Then you get to the Good Kid, Mad City, to Pimp a Butterfly, Damn, uh, Untitled, Unmastered. And now we have this new one that's coming out May, what, 13th? Yeah, May 13th, man. And it's crazy. It's like, even if you retired after this album and everything, which I know a lot of, like, J. Cole and Kendrick are probably going to be retiring pretty soon, you know? It's like, I think Cole's next album is going to be the fall-off, and then that's it. After the fall-off. And then this is going to be this last album, uh, Mr. Morale and the Half Steppers, that's what they call it. Yeah, Mr. Morale and the Big Stepper. And the yeah. Big Stepper. Well, I said half steppers. I, I'm still trying to remember it. <laughs> I think it's damn came out at such a bad time. It's like in my life in 2017. It came out 2017, right? Yeah. yeah, dude. 2017 was like the worst year for a while <laughs> for me. So it was just like, you know, every time I listen to music from that year, I just feel like anxiety and everything. Oh, like the whole future song where it's just like Percocet. Molly Percocet, because oh, that's like that shit would just make me like, ugh, ugh. No, just think? remind you of like bad memories. Yeah, just bad memories, because they're such great songs, but they just remind, they just take you back to a bad time, and it's just like you know, I mean, it is what it is, and everything. Have there ever been like any songs that took you back in a, to a bad time or a bad headspace? Um, for me, it's like acid rap, like from Ch- uh, Chance the Rapper. That whole album, it was for me when I first listened to it, it was just depression, like. <laughs> And, and it was, when I was in high school, I was either getting like bullied or I was just like in a really bad headspace. Like, and I would just listen to like Chance the Rapper on repeat and just like just like sleep in class. <laughs> yeah, man, it's just like that's that's almost like for me for twenty eleven, twenty twelve ish, and everything. Because that's when I was in eighth grade, and that's when shit was really bad for me and everything. So it's like that's when the time when Wale's Lotus Flower Bomb comes on in the morning on MTV Jams. I'm like, it sounds like a good song. I like this song, but it takes me back to a horrible time. Damn. <laughs> Like while they performed that, I got Dreamville Fest, and that was that was that was a vibe too. But it was like it was whatever. But yeah, you should definitely go out to Dreamville Fest one day. You should definitely put add to your bucket list. I'm trying to make it a yearly tradition. Me, my brother, and his girlfriend. Like literally every year, we're trying to go. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go um, next year. Um, I'm going to Rolling Loud, Miami. Oh really? You are. So you're gonna get a ticket and drive there. Or you're gonna rent a car on the other day. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking either renting a car, flying, but I gotta get like a passport and stuff. You know, we just don't even got passport. A passport <laughs> from Miami? You don't need a passport from Miami, do you? No. I, the thing is, that's what I'm saying. I don't even know. I'm not used to traveling and stuff like that. Yeah, man. you don't need a passport if you're traveling in the country. Like you need a passport if you're traveling outside, like you know, the country and stuff. But that's what I'm about to get a passport for. Cause I want to travel too. <laughs> I had no idea. I've been in Charlotte, like this North Carolina, like Durham and stuff. I've been in this like little like area for so long. That's why I want to go out. Because when I saw that Rolling Loud Miami, I was just like, oh, tickets like went out like that day. And I was just like, uh, man, I need to get out. <laughs> I need to get out of my comfort zone, get out of like my state. So I just bought tickets right then and there. Yeah, man, I, I, I want to see if I can travel to myself this year if I can. I, I don't know if I can with this whole driving, suspended driving license. Cause you know, they suspended your life. You can't get no rental car either, right? So that's a bitch too. So it's like as soon as they're able to give me that get go, I'm trying to see. I was thinking about going to Miami for the summer, like for like Independence Day, for Liberian Independence Day, because they're having a whole lot of activities. I'm thinking maybe I should get my early bird tickets, but I don't really know. Maybe I should consider it, but I don't know. 
Maybe. If not, definitely next year. I'm gonna go crazy next year because this this whole license suspended thing fucked up my whole year. But oh, yeah, no, next year is gonna be a really great year because what's next year is gonna be like well, like maybe like not even full year after the pandemic, but like more of this like it's feel like it like it's a like everyone has like the get go. Oh yeah, now it's on. Everything's good. Everything's open. Let's go. Let's have a fun time. Cause this summer is gonna be crazy to be honest. Yeah, summer's gonna be pretty wild. But I'm next year, right? But this year, like since like my license is suspended. All I'm focused on is working. So it's just like trying to get music out, trying to get up some money. You see me with the podcast. As soon as they gave me that green light to get my driving privileges last week, podcast, podcast, podcast. <laughs> episode, episode, episode. That's all I'm working on to get that 150. Maybe start a YouTube channel. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was thinking about starting a YouTube channel when I move. Like once I get my own apartment, then I can then have a whole nothing in the background and everything. Cause like my mom's and everything. I'd be sometimes I'd be trying to, I try to do like an interview and everything for, to do like maybe probably going to acting and everything. And then I want to introduce ourselves to what we do. Like it was like, she'd be in the background like, Hey, hey, say you're a college graduate. Say you're a college graduate. <laughs> and I'd be like, by the way, my mom wants everyone to know that I'm a college graduate. <laughs> and everything oh she's really proud so it's just like it just it is what it is but if you could say like uh, where you see yourself in the whole music uh thing um uh in the next couple years like maybe five years to a decade uh, from now where do you see yourself um in five years i think that i'm gonna be have like uh probably like a decent fan base like a good fan base where, where because the thing is like i, I don't even want to say that i'm gonna blow up in like five years because i feel like I feel like blowing up isn't like the goal. I feel like it's more of just having like a good, decent like fan base that yes. will ride with you wherever you go. Yeah, definitely, so. most definitely. I'm glad you see it that way because people are still trying to feel like, oh, like maybe you can do the whole Lil Nas X thing where they can just drop one country uh, hip hop song <laughs> and then poof, it was it was done. But I mean, he's been pretty consistent with a lot of his music. I haven't heard any of his music, but I heard no, like it was like. The thing yeah. is, like when it comes to Lil Nas X, he's extremely good at marketing. Mm. That's his his marketing is crazy. So when it comes to when it came to the old uh, old town road thing, it was the remixes and the controversy, and then after that, it was mostly the controversy when it called when it came to, like calling my name and stuff with like the Satanists and whatever stuff he was making up. Like it was just like in it and and. It, he was just doing all of this, and it was just marketing. And and then when he started doing stuff on TikTok, and he really he really understands his fan base. That's why I could go back to understanding your fan base. When you really understand your fan base, that marketing thing come becomes so much easier. Oh, cool! That's wonderful. And like, uh, I know it's like, <clears throat> no Corday is kind of like my age and everything. Do you feel like Corday connects with his fan base pretty well too? Because a lot of people kind of be kind of like, oh yeah, this album's really good, and I like a lot of his albums. And some people be like, eh, it's like it's a hit or miss or whatever. Like, how do you feel about that? Um, when it comes to Corday, I think he does connect with his fan base. I think he's still growing into his own, like as an artist, mm-hmm. because like a lot of people say, like, oh, he's trying like. He he like takes too much from his contemporaries like Kendrick or Cole. But the thing is, the thing is, everyone was doing that. Like when when it came to like Cole, he was taking stuff from Jay Z. He was taking stuff from Nas. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Kendrick when he first came to the scene, you could say that he was taking stuff from Tupac and Biggie, whatever. But it's just like they had to you it, like it's like all your influences mold you into your own unique thing. And Corday's still doing that, and he's making some really dope music in the process. Yeah. You know, you know who really, really impresses me? BFB of the Pac-Man impresses me. Because it's just like, he's just himself, like with every video and everything. He'd be roasting himself mostly and everything. But I feel like he has a good flow with it too. And even how he does like the whole, like, he stays loyal to like the same videographer that shoots his music videos too and everything. Yeah, like that's pretty, like, I don't know. I feel like that's pretty successful as it is, you know. Because it's just like, you know, I want to reach a level where it's just like, you know, you can be, you can get off on the internet too. And where it's just like, he just kept being consistent. And then it wasn't until the Free Joe Exotic <laughs> video. That's when, that's when everyone just started. Up. Oh my God, man. Free Joe Exotic. Yeah, yeah that was crazy. <laughs> it was just like, then the comments just be like, <laughs> 70% him roasting himself, 20% hard stuff, like 0.2% Free Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like that's just cool i like like i really like how the rap scene is in flint michigan like if they're really like that and everything where they can all just be like goofy and stuff and still be hard i feel like that's pretty good too i feel like charlotte can learn from that really yeah charlotte the music scene in charlotte is just it's so all over the place right now and 
when you, when especially as artists, like we're artists in Charlotte, we're trying to grow our fan bases. We're trying to see what the city has to offer. It's really hard because the city doesn't know what it has to offer. The city mm. is just so many different cultures just smashed together. And it's just like it doesn't have its own like it doesn't have its own central culture. So it doesn't really have its own culture. It's a different bunch of different cultures. So when people are trying to uh, trying to succeed and they're trying to grow the fan base and like really be like the talk of the town, really talk. See, like what artist that you know is like the talk of Charlotte right now besides the, the baby. baby? Yeah, it's like it's just. I mean, Jaw <laughs> SLT's doing. If you can look up look up Jaw SLT because he's like he got like a whole lot of subscribers. You know, he has more subscribers than Quentin uh, Miller, and he's the guy that actually. Um, he's one of my Quentin Miller is one of my influences too, and uh, he literally, um, yeah. So you see, like I interviewed like Pat at SLT and everything. You could check out his music; it's pretty good, um, pretty modern. But it was just like you know, definitely check it out. He's he's a Charlotte artist and everything. Yeah, yeah, the whole SLT thing. Um, one one song you should definitely check out. Uh, look at a uh, Go Ja, or just about J A A H, and then Go Pat. And then, like, you know, like, whenever you find... You ain't got to play it, like, while the stuff is playing, but just something to look up, like, when you... Maybe afterwards, I'm going to show it to you. But it's like, uh, yeah. But in, in terms of the future of, like, where Charlotte can go, what do you think we need to, like, work on? If you really feel like... In terms of, like, really, like, finding an identity and stuff. Because, like, how I feel like... I feel like our situation that we don't, like... We don't let people just be. And that's what that's what really kind of... We always try to set, like, weird standards to how rap should be. And it's like, it always comes from someone who hasn't even made it themselves. Like, well, nigga, how would you know? And everything, you know. But, like, from my perspective, I feel like, you know, we need to stop basing success off, like, shallow stuff. Like, you know, like, whether they get money or whatever. And start basing it on whether they have something important today. Important yeah, to say. Like, you know, and if they got, like, you know, a plan. If they got, like, a certain vibe that you might identify with. You know, like, my vibe is more going to the direction of... Just like trying to self healing and just self rediscovery, you know, kind of every day, kind of like in a sense, like you know, I like a seed of J Cole when you think about, it, but I'm also a seed of MF Doom because I'm heavy with the lyrical type stuff. And then it's just like you know, there's still little influences out there, like you you know that one song, a grave shift on my uh, on my mixtape, uh, ego trip, you know, like I worked the grave oh, shift. Yeah. How it kind of sounded my my it wasn't until my brother and his girlfriend told me that it kind of sounded like Flatbush Zombies. This is it, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, it kind of does sound. Like, I didn't even mean to do that yeah, and it's, it's just like this, yeah, Flatbush Zombies is my influence I even know it's like, I used to listen to Flatbush Zombies so heavily at one point so it's just like, it would make sense but it's like uh, from your perspective perspective, uh, what do you feel like we need to do like as a city to really like work on it um, I think it's more about community because a lot of times in Charlotte uh, since we, this I said like the cultures are shifting with everyone's so different but we're not like accept, accepting like that that different we're not accepting the differences between each other and we're just putting each other down or we're not bringing each other up everyone's so separated and it's just and it's just a mess to be honest it's not like in Atlanta where it's just like everyone know everybody everyone's trying to bring each other up there's so many different popping artists it's not like that at all in People in Atlanta say it's not like that either to me. Some people in Atlanta be like, maybe the same bucket of crowd jealousy stuff too, which is everywhere, I think. But I feel like, you know, there's more space open. Like, you can have a childish Gambino, you can have a young thug, and you can have a Gucci man, you can have a TI also. And you can have a JID. And it's just like, you know, like all these people exist in the same city. And it's like Charlotte is just it's just the baby, and then like his the rest of his camp, and then that's just yeah, pretty much like like this. Some people like Mavi, uh, Mavi, but even like even them like it's just like there's always a gate. There's always something that like like stopping people from doing something. There's always people like stopping people. Basically, is what you're saying? Maybe. Yeah, there's always there's always a gate. There's always uh, like there's always this like oh yeah you could do this but such and such happened or, or it's like the artists aren't supporting each other. I don't think the city's supporting the artists, and yeah. I just don't. I, I, just, I just think we need to like actually build a good community as artists. Yeah, it's just too much drama, man. People get jealous. People try to are so worried about it, trying to compete against somebody, trying to hold them back from their shine that they don't really get to realize their power. And that's what seriously what drives me really. It's just like I'm just trying to prove them wrong in a sense. So I do a lot of this stuff. You know, I'm dropping more music than a lot of the people that hated on me. And then it's like, you know, like by the end of this year, 
I'll probably have a whole catalog of songs and everything, and I won't have anybody to blame or anybody but me and everything. So I've been just looking to me. You know, I see this whole me being my life suspended. It's like, yeah, it kind of sucks, but maybe it's a blessing in the side. Maybe I need to like just chill here for just a little bit longer, really get myself situated, then go to DC and then just do whatever I want to do there. So it's just like, just, uh, you know, one of the main things I need to do, I need to really start performing for sure. I haven't performed a single song since I like uh, dropped Miko Trip because I wanted to be able to drop more music too because uh, i don't want to just start dropping start performing music i just dropped for the first time like the first shot you know what i'm saying i want to be able to master breath control and stuff of that nature yeah, you know much, much like open mics and stuff that's why i will say for charlotte there there's a lot of open mic potential there's a lot of places to perform there's a lot of places that they have like newcomers performing i will say that about charlotte they do support artists in that way yeah in that way but it's like i don't know i always feel like durham and raleigh are a little bit more supportive of their artists than we are here there's so much more community there it's just mm-hmm. it's just like they it's just so they're so much more accepting you yeah. know what i mean you know vibe right you remember vibe from the yeah. cypher and everything me and vibe still cool to this day oh, that's 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 dope right there. like literally it's just like we only interact I mean, he was on the podcast too we didn't even talk about music we're too busy <laughs> talking about wrestling <laughs> like literally the whole time and i'm just like we just got we're gonna talk about just all sorts of wrestling stuff so i need to get him on the podcast somehow again uh literally just so we can actually talk about like actual stuff you know but it's just like yeah a lot of my lifelong friends i feel like i'm, I'm i met from raleigh in durham like more than in charlotte you know so like it really is like destin psych mike uh i need to see what's up with cheetah though i haven't spoken to cheetah in a bit um definitely july he's from new york i know you, you remember july right yeah yeah, i met july he's cool people. yeah july's cool people and he's really talented too yeah, and he doesn't cool. even care like when you read me real artists bro they don't look down on people and criticize people oh, bro, I, I said i sat there and talked to july about making music or whatever and it's just like and it's just like when you as you say when you're talking to a real artist like it's just it's just good vibes right there there's no stuck upness there's no like full of yourself shit or just yeah, a grandiose no, when you ask them like hey you want to make music or hey you want to talk about music or even when you, even when you just want to have a regular conversation yeah like just humble and everything humble you know, and you're open just... to it yeah, man, because they love this stuff too much. There's some people who really don't really love hip hop like that, and they just use it as a win to try to get noticed and stuff. And like, you know, it's just like it's just stuff like that and everything. And like, this is something like that literally saved my life at one point. So I'm dedicated to hip hop until like the day I die. Like, well, let me just keep giving up and giving until like you reach a stage where you can help other people on their way too. That's why I, say I don't mind driving you. Like back home or driving to your ciphers and everything because like once once you do make it and you make it to that level it's like I don't want to be the guy be like oh I got in your way or I could have like did this for you it's like no and I do appreciate you for that especially back then oh yeah man I was I was all about grind I was trying to sit there and figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah, man. And I appreciate that. Man. And as long as you're happy at the space where you're at and you want to do music the way you do, like, hey, free with that, you know, we'll touch base a little bit more since I'm going to be in Charlotte a little bit longer than I thought and everything. I wish I would have touched base with you a lot earlier, but I wasn't able to drive. So it was like, what's the point? Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was sitting there on the job search, man. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't in my right space of mind, man. <laughs> yeah, but one day, man, it'll be all of us. Like five years later, it'll be July, me, you, Destin, all of us, like from NCCU and everything everything we're gonna be sitting like in our respective big ass houses and thinking like man like we actually we're gonna be show up to like the award show like wow we actually made it here <laughs> but it's just like ain't no competition man it's just work hard and if somebody blows up just be sure to like take us all with you and everything i'm just gonna be working not because like oh like i'm guaranteed oh i'm gonna blow up i'm just working on myself just to build my craft and build that fan base and that's just all i'm focused on so mm-hmm. is that also kind of what you're focused on the next couple of years yeah, it's just it's just like making sure that the music is good and making sure that you're able to connect with the people, man. That's really once you once you connect once you connect with the people, that's good. Like I sent one of I sent uh, this guy down where he's my mixing engineer, and I was and I sent him my song, and he's and he said and he was just like I'll get the mixing. A couple of days back, he sent me a whole long paragraph about how much he loved the song and how much it connected with him and how like real it was. And that's the stuff that I want to connect with people. You know what I mean? I want them to sit there and feel the emotions that I felt when I wrote the song and I made the song. You know, I'm thinking about I set up like a group me group chat and everything but i haven't added anybody into it yet because i wanted to wait to get some certain things together if i were to set up a group chat where it adds people from nccu and people that i know we just kept adding artists and everything local artists that are trying to get better and everything and just add them in that same group chat and everything you you would support it right yeah man come on 
Definitely. That's definitely something though. So that's going to be another goal for me to just be able to set up a network though. So that way we can all keep in contact and everything. We can probably do group me. That's all I love about group me. That's the thing. Like we can, cause we can literally add everybody into it and we can just do that. We can set up like a clubhouse or Man, something like that. That reminds me of college. College was just a lot of group me, a lot of, oh yeah, the assignments too. <laughs> oh hell yeah, bro. Dude, group me used to come in clutch and be like, yo, anybody need the answers right here? I'd be like, yes. My whole evening is safe because <laughs> I was gonna be stay here and do this damn test, bro. It'll be like eleven. It'll be like eleven or twelve o'clock at night. It's like, hey, is the assignment due? That's like, oh, it's due tonight. <laughs> oh my god! Be like, damn, bro. Like, those some good times, man. But yeah, I think we pretty much reached our whole hour limit and everything. I gotta end this. Gotta bring this to a close. So, you know, I want to appreciate Jason for hopping on and everything. Sure. Appreciate it. Got any last words? You gotta let the audience know or what's up? Um. Just wait for it, man. Music is always coming out. <laughs> Me and T, we always releasing music. Just come out, man. Most definitely. Most definitely. We're still going to be linked on and on for years and years and years. You know what it is. My brother. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> All right. But that's it for the Mental Thugs Podcast. We sewing in. Now we sewing out.